Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good evening. Good night. Good morning. Good, good day. Good gracious. I trust that you are well. My name is Willie Lawson. We're here again. Listen, I'd love to hear where you heard the podcast, whether you heard it um, on Spreaker, whether you heard it on Spotify, whether you heard it on Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, wherever. That would be really cool if you guys would do me a, a big solid and, and let me know where you heard the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, it help, it helps, us, helps us with us, our, our marketing. And speaking of marketing, I, I want to I want to hit you guys with something that happened to me today. Before we get into our subjects, we got two subjects. We want to talk first about Betsy DeVos and her um, budget, where she cuts eighteen million dollars from Special Olympics. And I want to talk a little bit about who's the king of the black people. A little bit about virtual signaling. So I trust that um, you are well. <laughs> I want, to, I want to tell you something that happened to me today that I thought was really, really good. Really good. And it's going to change the, the complexity and the complexion, I think, of a lot of uh, people who are entrepreneurs in this whole podcast and, I don't know, uh, this whole space. This whole, you know what, social media space. Especially as it refers to Facebook. You're not going to believe this, but uh, I actually was on the phone with Facebook today. They actually called me. I know you're thinking that it was a scam, right? You're thinking that uh, Facebook doesn't call people. There's no number to Facebook. You didn't call. They didn't call you. They did, and I was. And I, I tell you what, I was as skeptical as as anybody. And actually, I told the only on the phone that I was skeptical. I, I thought that I was going to be get. I was going to get sold something at some point, and. It didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, I ran a Facebook ad for my wife's, and my wife and I, we do a, uh, a podcast called Real Talk with Deb and Will. Some of you probably know it. If you don't, shame on you. Go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. And I ran an ad because she's my wife is doing meal prep, and I wanted to get some more eyeballs and some more subscriptions to, our, to that YouTube channel. So uh, I ran an ad, and I think that I got a message from from them saying that they could help me. And I, yeah, I want help. I, want to, I mean, who doesn't want help figuring out what to do with Facebook ads? Almost everybody I talk to, if you're not paying them $10,000 a month, doesn't have any information for you about Facebook ads. Anybody else found this to be true? If you're not paying them 10000 if you don't have a budget of $10,000 a month, five dollars $10,000 a month, ain't nobody talking to you about Facebook ads. Ain't nobody talking to you about about funnels, Facebook ads, or any of that kind of stuff. All that all that information comes either from a uh, a bloodthirsty amount of time spent or um, a lot of money spent. So when this you know this thing popped up and said that they would help me, I was like, yeah, sure. 
and I'd sort of forgotten. I thought they were going to call me yesterday, and when nobody called me yesterday, I figured, ah, well, you know, one of those things. But they called me today, and I remember that I had set up for today, 1 o'clock, and from a, um area code I didn't recognize, and it was cool because I, I actually listened to the message, and the lady on the phone, Karen, basically said, I'm sure I'm calling from an area code that you don't recognize, but this is Facebook calling uh, about the appointment that you set up to talk about your ad campaigns. So I'll be doggone. Uh, I, call, she, I, I waited, and she called back, and then I answered it from the 703 from Virginia. I answered it, and I'll be doggone if it wasn't Facebook and she was like, let's talk about your, um, let's talk about your ad campaigns. And she had some great suggestions early. And is, and what this is, is this is the beginning of the process. Um, she has some suggestions for, for, my, for what she wants me and my wife to do. Uh, when I, before I talk to her again, which is going to be this Friday coming. And um, so I'll tell you, in the middle of this, I said, you know what? I got to ask so I basically said you know what is this uh, are you going to be asking me for a bunch of money at the end of this because if you're asking me for a bunch of money at the end of this, um, this is the I mean you're going to hear a bunch of scratching and the phone's going to go dead <laughs> you know I was like you're going to hear you're going to hear this that's what you're going to hear because I don't have a bunch of money. Um, I'm not ready to spend $10,000 a month. And it's not going to happen. And so I asked, so why are you doing this? And what she told me was actually what I had hoped I would hear. I would hoped that I'd hear that we're doing this because if we help you do this better, we'll make more money, which I'm perfectly cool with. And that's exactly right. You know, if you, I mean, she, she said to me, basically, if we help you make money or get what you want to get done with Facebook ads, then you'll do it more often and you'll do it for more money. And then we'll get money. If you do it and we don't make any, and you don't make any money or you don't get done what you want to get done, then you'll stop spending money with us. I thought, well, that's exactly right. So I don't know how many people have, who have positive experiences with Facebook, uh, but I had one today. Karen was awesome. Karen was her name. She was awesome. She was very helpful. She walked me through the process that, we, that, that she wanted to walk me through. Um, she's going to follow up with me on next Friday. I'm on this coming Friday. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see if the follow-up is good, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be. And she ended up spending more time with me than they're supposed to. I think they're only supposed to spend like a half an hour. And she ended up um, spending time like 45 minutes. Why? Because I'm a talker and I sort of kept her on the line entertaining her. Um, but I was able to get some stuff done and it seems like it's going to be a good thing. We built an audience uh, online and we're going to see how this works out. So I'm very, very excited. I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that little bit uh, with my audience. Because sometimes, you know what, you got to pull back the curtain and let people know what's going on. So if you're on my Facebook page, so if you are if you are subscribed to the De the Real Talk with Deb and Will, or if you are on our Real Talk with Deb and Will Facebook page, you're probably going to be seeing some ads soon, probably in the next month or two months. And this is where all this is coming from, just, just letting you know. All right, listen, um, it, this, is, this is crazy. A couple of days ago. I was on the Instagram, 
and I saw that people were upset that Bessie DeVos, who was the the Secretary of Education, um, the head of the Department of Education of the United States, something that I don't really think we should have because it's stupid and really has done nothing to benefit education. I mean, if you've got a, a department uh, at the federal level, it's supposed to benefit the thing that it's in charge of, right? Like energy. So what has the Department of Energy done to provide energy, to make it easier to manufacture energy, to conserve it? What is it? No, nothing since the 70s, zero. It was this government solution to a problem that the government had absolutely no business or any, any wisdom in trying to, to help. The Department of Education, similar. So Betsy DeVos decides in her budget that she was not going to fund uh, the $18 million that I guess they normally um, sort of slip out to Special Olympics. Now, before you get stupid, because some of y'all are stupid, I love the Special Olympics. I love what those people do. It's hard. It's hard work. It's extremely hard work. It's hard work physically, and it's hard work emotionally. And and this and the kids, the the athletes, get so much out of it. Not just not and not just at the competition, but through the entire process, it is an invaluable experience for them and everybody who participates. However, does it have anything to do with education? No. Not anything to do with education. Zero to do with education. Does it have anything to do with math scores, English scores? Does it have anything to do with getting kids in college? Does it have anything to do with teaching Johnny to read? Does it have anything to do with education? It's a wonderful thing to take that takes care of people. And for the rest of us, it's a super feel-good event. It's just a super hero sort of feel-good event. Is it connected to education? No, not at all. Should $18 million of the Department of Education budget go to Special Olympics? No. No. Am I glad it does? Yes. Should it? Not at all. Not at all. If the federal government wants to spend $18 million of taxpayer dollars to, to fund uh, part of what the Special Olympics does, then maybe it could be a little bit more clever and have it come out of somebody else's budget. You hear me? Maybe it should come out of the IRS budget. That'd be cool. $18 million out of the IRS budget because at least that, that, that would be sort of a direct track from the taxpayer directly to the people who are getting paid um, at Special Olympics. Hey, because this doesn't I mean that $18 million isn't just going to the kids because we always like to have that, that mentality, but what about the children? It doesn't, you know, it, it, this is going to harm the children. No, this is going to harm the people who are actually not volunteers for Special Olympics. There are people in Special Olympics who actually get paid. Not every position is volunteer. It's people who actually get paid, and this money is for them. Now you have to you have to buy equipment. You have to ha you have to have stuff. There are things that have to be purchased at all these events, and they do have volunteers. And most of the events work on a shoestring. I get all that, 
Uh, I participated in a, in, a, in a number of them. I, I totally get it. I totally understand. But I also understand from a rational viewpoint, and this is not an unpopular opinion, that it was perfectly okay for Betsy DeVos not to include Special Olympics in her budget, to cut $18 million out of her budget um, that went to Special Olympics. That made perfect sense. Now, it wasn't the feel-good moment of the year, that's for sure. And the optics of it is, are really terrible, really awful. But it, make, but it makes sense. Now, was the president right or President Trump right in saying, no, we're going to go ahead and fund the, um, the Special Olympics for $18 million? But was he right in doing that? Yes. Yes, he was. He was completely correct in doing that. And basically, let's understand, this is an optics feel-good, yeah, this is kind of the, the stuff that the federal government, if they're going to be spending taxpayer dollars, could be spending taxpayer dollar on, dollars on in a bipartisan way, in an, in, in, a, in an American way that people are not going to be upset with. No one hates the Special Olympics. Nobody hates the Special Olympics athletes. Nobody does. And it really doesn't matter how far left or how far right you go. The, the most staunch libertarian does not hate the Special Olympics. Now, they may, like me, not think federal government should be spending $18 million toward the Special Olympics, but they don't hate them. And they are more likely to say, well, if you're going to, if you're going to misspend my money, at least you're misspending it on something decent. You understand what I'm saying? So if this is, uh, for a lot of people, this is just one more thing, like MSNBC and, and, and MSNBC uh, to come out at, against Betsy DeVos and, and, and continue their criticism of Betsy DeVos. Um, it's silly. Because, frankly, she was right initially. Did you know how sometimes you can be right and be wrong? You can do the right thing and be, and be wrong? This one of those situations. She was perfectly within her rights, and it made perfect sense from a non-emotional standpoint not to include the $18 million for Special Olympics in her budget. It made perfect sense. It does not push forward the, the, the education of America in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. But it does provide for this fabulous experience for this group of Americans that everybody is that everybody ultimately not educationally but ultimately will benefit from. So let's go ahead and so let's go ahead and do that. I mean, if we're going to study the sex lives of of tree slugs somewhere and spend a million dollars doing that, hell yeah, spend eighteen million dollars on Special Olympic athletes for sure, for sure. So there you go. And I know I wanted to get that out that popular, excuse me, that unpopular opinion that. Uh, that Bessie DeVos initially was correct in not putting $18 million in her budget. She didn't do anything wrong, except she was wrong, right? All right, now, these podcasts that I'm doing now, and for the next little bit, I'm doing it in a different way, and I'm marketing them in a different way. I hope you like them. I hope that you can get more out of them. They're happening, I mean, they're going to happen a lot faster, hopefully one every day. And uh, we're gonna, and the subjects will be, bing, bang, boom, bang, boom. Um, the next subject um, is, I just saw a Family Guy 
<laughs> picture, a meme on, on Instagram. It was uh, a picture of, of, of Peter Griffin. Let's see if I can see who it was from. I'm gonna, I'll give a hat tip to um, who it was from. Because I thought it was... I thought it was really funny, and I thought it really said um, something that is extremely, extremely important. And it's one of those things that, frankly, it's like, oh my God, really? I'm, I'm so sick of dealing with this kind of stuff, because we deal with a lot of this kind of stuff. We deal with this virtue signaling. And it's a picture of, and I'll, I'll, I'm looking for the picture now. It's a picture of Peter Griffin from Family Guy, the cartoon Family Guy, uh, which can be a little edgy, and it's from um, Right Wing Kool at Right Wing Kool Aid, uh, um, who I follow on Instagram. And it's a picture of of Peter Griffin, and the caption is, "This is what white people." Who say they hate white people really feel, and it's and it's, and it's Peter Griffin holding a scepter, <laughs> holding a scepter, and he has a banner that says "King of the Black People." I thought that was hysterical because I think that's exactly my thought is that's exactly how. White liberals feel. That's exactly how they feel. How they feel is is like this. They feel that if they can flex their white privilege muscles and say, well, I hate white people. I hate how white people act. I'm ashamed to be white. That somehow... That puts them on this super level. That makes them super black. And all black people should just fall at their feet. Oh, this, this, this white person gets it. He's our advocate because he hates white people too. Making the assumption that somehow all black people hate all white people. I guess except for the people who marry the white people who marry white people have babies with them, maybe they don't hate them. Or the black people who hire white folks to work at their businesses and pay them money every week, I guess they don't hate them either. Oh, I guess, wait, I guess not all black people hate all white people. I guess that's a, a, a super simplistic, sophomoric approach to everything. And somehow some white people think that, that they're, they're going to find favor and be thought of higher by the black people they know by saying that they hate white people too. You know, it would be different if if you said it to me, because I'd go, I don't. Seems like you're kind of self-hating. I'm. Maybe you should get counseling. Maybe, maybe there's something something that wrong with you. Maybe if you look at yourself in the mirror every day and you hate the skin you're in. That you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like your genitals. There's something that you, maybe you should get some maybe you should get some counseling. Maybe you should talk to somebody. 
if you wake up and say, I hate white people, and you are a white person, maybe someone should talk to you. Because it seems insane to me that that level of virtual, and that level of virtue signaling gets rewarded in pop culture, which is really, really disturbing. I don't know. I don't know if it's disturbing to you, but it's truly disturbing to me. That someone says, <coughs> "That's cool. That's great. That puts you on a that puts you on a higher level than other white folks. You you get it. You you are woke. No, it means that something's wrong with you." And frankly, do me do me a solid. Stop saying it. I'm not impressed. That doesn't do anything for me. And frankly, it doesn't do anything for anybody else. It doesn't do anything for anybody else. It's zero zippo for anything for anybody else. For moving the cause of racial freedom, racial um, diversity, racial harmony. It doesn't do anything for that. At all. If you think that you're participating and helping in racial harmony, you're not. Actually, what you're doing is participating in more racism. What you're doing is actually buying into a stereotype that isn't true. What you're doing is profiling, and profiling is wrong. <laughs> and profiling is wrong. Stop doing it. I'll tell you, I was having, I was at a, um, a gathering at a local coffee shop a number of years ago. Uh, for my fr with my friend um, Mark Mark Sharp at a coffee shop, which the best thing that Mark ever did was introduce me to this coffee shop, which is still my favorite. Good people run it, great coffee, good times, and it's growing and doing stuff. It's cool. Buddy Brew, and we were having a, a, these discussions, and of course, it's a you know we get a bunch of politicals in a room, and these sort of side skirmishes break out. You know, and after the main event, the sea size skirmishes break out. And I had this white guy, I don't know, 30s, I guess, say to me, you ready for this? Are you, are you, are you sitting down? So if you're not sitting down, and you can sit down, sit down. Because you're, you're not, you're simply not going to believe what this dude said to me. What this guy said to me was, well, you don't think that black people would, would be as far along as they are now in our country had it not been for Lyndon Baines Johnson. That's what I said at first. I said this. Hmm. I thought to myself, the most racist MF in the history of presidents are you kidding me? LBJ made Donald Trump look like Jesse Jackson. Are you kidding me? So I said, so the people, so the race of people who invented mathematics, who invented physics, would have died on the vine in this country had it not been for Lyndon Johnson. The very same Lyndon Johnson who said, if I, you know what, if we pass the Civil Rights Act of 1964, we'll have these niggers voting for us for 50 years. The same Lyndon Baines Johnson, that some bitch there, that guy, that was 
the, the how black people in America just that was our part. That's the time in, in our history where we just freaking took off. Are you serious? And he said that to me, and he was serious. He he believed it so much. The same the the, the same great society, the same war on the poor. The same, the same system that built these inner city reservations that, that basically took people's private property from them and shoved them all into these tenement areas, and these neighborhoods became some of the most dangerous areas in the cities that they were in, all over the nation. They were modern-day reservations, with one exception. The, the, the women and children that lived there could not receive any aid if there was a black man in the house. So that in, immediately broke up fa broke up families. You know, when, when I hear the left talking about immigrant families being broken up, I, I always go, screw that. What about Lyndon Johnson's war on the poor here in America that broke up black families all over the country? Where were you? Where were you then? Where were you then? That we saw the we we are still suffering the devastation of Lyndon Johnson's war on the poor. Still. Still. And the left is more concerned about breaking up families who have broken the law as opposed to families who never, ever, never, ever broke the law. You can go back and start talking about slavery all you want, but it and you, we had problems with broken, breaking up families after slavery, after families started to reunite and get together. There was no stronger unit in America than the black family in the, in the 40s and the 50s. And we started to see that, that whole thing just collapse in the 60s. Why? Because of Johnson's war on the poor. And the high idea that, that people could not get aid, people could not get food for their kids and the welfare if there was a, a black man in the house. So please stop telling me about slavery. Please, please stop telling me about reparations. Please stop telling me about breaking up uh, illegal immigrant families. I don't want to hear that crap. Let's just look at what happened recently. And that's all the stuff I, you know, I said to him in, in sort of the very same um, way that I just said to you. And he was kind of stunned because he didn't really, he really didn't expect it. He knew that I was Republican. But what he didn't know that I was woke, that I was hip. That's what he didn't know. He thought that I'd bought into the same lies that everybody else has bought into. He thought that I'd bought into the same nonsense that everybody else has bought into. He thought that maybe I had not looked at things I had not backed up a little bit and looked at things more holistically. That I didn't look at everything from a little different perspective. He he had hoped that we could find some common ground. But I can't find common ground in lies and deceit and bullcrap. There is no common ground then. You can't tell me that I owe the success of, the, of an entire race of people for the past 40 years to the programs of, the per, of one of the people who hated black people more than anybody else. One of the people who made sure that 
Martin Luther King was investigated by the FBI and CIA and and possibly even possibly even orchestrated his assassination. Are you kidding me? And that's the person I'm supposed to bow down to. This is now, according to this kid, kid, because everybody who's 30 years old for me is a kid, is this, now this kid is now king of the blacks. And, and he got his, his scepter and his crown and his, uh, and his sash from Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was supposed to be king of the blacks then. Well, I got, I, I got news for him, and I got news for, uh, for Lyndon Baines Johnson. You can both kiss my ass. How about that? The things that people will say to you, to your face, it's crazy. It's insane. But they'll do it. God bless them. They'll do it. They'll do it. All right, we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. Listen, uh, thank you so much for um, listening to these podcasts. Thank you so much for commenting in the comment section. Um, please send me an email at wls860 at gmail.com. Let me know where you heard the podcast and what you think about it, and what you think about our new format, what you think about how we're doing it. Uh, uh, normally, we are here on Blog Talk Radio, and this podcast is going to be on Blog Talk Radio, uh, but it's not going to be live, so there's not going to be that interaction. What I'm finding out is that if I have callers, and callers are cool, then what happens is we sort of get off track sometimes, and I don't want to get off track, and I don't want to be dis- dis- disrespectful to callers, so in order to keep from being disrespectful to callers, you don't have any. That's how you do it. Um, and and we, and now I can do one cast and put it on multiple platforms. So that's what I'm doing. Again, thanks thanks again for listening. Thanks again for participating. Again, follow me on Facebook. Uh, go to Fight Back Media on Facebook or Real Talk on Facebook and follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter RBM at RBM Show. Follow me on Instagram at Fight Back Media. Thank you ever so much uh, for listening. Until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Good night now. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.